all of this is to say that <laughs> at least so far this is shaping up to be one of my favorite games I've ever played. Yeah. Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. We are here to cover a new game. New game. The Outer Wilds. I, th- I, don't, yeah. I don't think the is part of it. I think it's just, just Outer, Outer Wilds. Wilds. I love this game so far. A lot. It's very fun to play. A lot. Yeah. Um, part of that is that I've just always been fascinated with anything to do with astronomy and space yeah, and yeah. stars and especially space exploration stuff. I love that stuff. Um, this has given me like a huge itch to get more into a lot of the space sims that I haven't played over uh, the last yes. decade or so. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's been a bunch. There's been a lot. Yeah. Uh, like I, I'm actually pretty interested in trying out... Um, Star Citizen? St- well, Star Citizen... And, um, but no, it's the, it's the one that's, uh, the new one. No, everyone was mad at first. What was it called? Everyone was pissed. Oh, dang it. I know what you're talking about. And it has procedurally generated planets. No Man's Sky? Yeah, that's the no one. No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. No Man's Sky. I really want to try that. Um, there's that a, there's a bunch fun. that I haven't played because I always thought, oh, I want to have like a proper setup for this. Like, yeah, I want to get like. Uh, you know, like an actual stick and right. and like a whole like deck of accessories and uh, <laughs> you know like the the camera that'll like watch tilt, your face like, like it'll, it'll track yeah. your face and it'll and turn then you the have camera a, with like your a head. three monitor setup yes and, yeah yeah all that yeah I wanted it to be like full on <laughs> if I was gonna do it I was gonna jump all the way in yeah and um, I might just need to like give up on that idea and just try them because and just play it yeah. I just really want to play more games like this. <laughs> Uh, now, this game's scale is nothing like any of those games I just mentioned. This is very much a small oh, yeah. scale yeah. sort yeah. of like solar system that you explore. Yeah. But even that, um, I think, really works to the game's benefit. And we will jump into what we've played so far, which is not a lot yet, and we actually explored different things. Yeah. So we kind of need to talk about how we're going to go about mm-hmm. doing this one. So this first episode is going to be focused, like usual, on development history. For those of you who haven't watched our podcast before, the way we approach yeah. uh, our, our podcast series is we will start off by researching the dev history, getting to know the creators behind the game, what their intentions were, what their inspirations were, so that as we're going through it, you know, we can more kind of appropriately critique and analyze it kind of knowing where they were coming from and what they were trying to achieve. We also do it a little bit of a book club style. So we'll kind yeah. of pick a certain section to play and then the audience plays with us. And we get up to that point and then we come back to discuss it. We try to stay away from spoilers as we do that. Yes. Late game spoilers, that is. Um, this time, neither this of game, us have played the game. Yeah. So there's not really anything we can spoil. No, we won't be spoiling anything this time. However... This, the nature of this game is such that um, yeah. other people are going to play it very differently from yes. how we do. Um, so we'll give you hints and clues on how we're going to play it, right? Yeah. Like, let's go to this planet, then this planet. But it could be that some knowledge for one planet hinges on another, and yes. we didn't do that. And uh, it, it probably won't go the way we expect it to. Yes. <laughs> but we're going to do our best to make sure that we're um, on the same page at least. Yeah, I would say that like the safest way to do this, if you want to participate with us, uh, is to just play the whole game first and come yeah. back. <laughs> but what we're going to yeah. try to do instead is break it up by like a couple of planets per episode. Yeah. So 
For next time, since I spent most of my time this last week exploring the twins. The twins, yeah. You spent most of your time on Brittle Hollow. Yeah. Those two planets are going to be the ones that we will cover next time. Yeah. This time we will do dev history and maybe a little bit of the village on Timber Hearth. Timber Hearth, yeah. Um, And then next time we'll dive into the twins and Brittle Hollow. And then after that we'll pick what we're going to do next so on and so forth. Yeah. So that's kind of our plan for how we're going to approach this. Um, By the way, the twins, did you hear? Well, isn't one of the twins called Ash? Or are they yes. both called Ash? Ash and Ember. Yeah, that's just yeah. funny. Uh, Final Fantasy sixteen. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just got done with Final Fantasy sixteen a yeah, while ago. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the development of this game. I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, this started out as basically a, a, a university um, thesis project for yeah. Alex Beecham at USC Interactive yeah. Media and Games Division. Um, his master's thesis. And it, it, it kind of grew from there over many, many years. I would say development on this in its sort of like basic early stages started maybe in like 2012. Around like 2012, yeah. Um, and then in about 2015, they had more or less a complete build, but it, from there, they, it, they went further and further and further. They, yeah. There was an actual... Um, development uh, publishing house, again, not publishing, but a development studio yeah. that, that Alex went to work with with a former uh, student who, who he had known at USC yep. and which who's, was founded by... Name was Loan Verno. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And it was founded by... Masioka. Yeah, tell us a little bit Dude, about Masioka. him. Masioka. <laughs> so um, he was one of the very first people that I followed on Twitter. That's awesome. Back in 2009 yeah. or 2008, something like that, a long time ago, um, because he was on the show Heroes, and he tweeted in Japanese and English. <laughs> I was like, that's cool, man. Um, don't think I follow him anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's so funny that his name shows up here because... First off, I, I just until you hear a name that you haven't heard in 15 years, mm-hmm. right? You're just kind of like, wait a second, I know who that is. Why, why do I know who that person is? Um, and it turns out he's actually done a lot more than just be a, a one-time actor. He was also in Hawaii Five-0, I think. But yeah. then, then being a, you know a, like a TV actor, right? He mm-hmm. actually uh, is a very busy guy. He did visual effects on the prequel, the Star Wars prequels, prequels, right? He was a VFX artist for Industrial Light and Magic, which is high up there. Somehow he got uh, tapped as an actor (laughs) for a few shows, but his real love and passion lies in this, uh, this, uh, the the virtual world, you could say, Mm -hmm. the digital domain. And he went from VFX to acting to like video game production, right? So he is, I believe, the the lead producer uh, of this game. And... Did he go to USC also? Is that I it? Because I wonder how don't know they about got. That, but I don't think that uh, that's where they met. Or no, he like went that. to Brown. He went yeah. to Brown University. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. But yeah. anyways, he was able to meet them pretty quickly because he was like, "This this project's cool," and uh, he became their like lead producer. Yep. Crazy. Really, really cool story. I had no idea that that was uh, how this all came together. What, yeah. What's the name of their studio again? It's Oh, uh, it's Mobius. Mobius, that's Which, right. once again, that's another right. Final Fantasy right. connection. Although, <laughs> Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy came Mobius. after. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know when Mobius came out, but... It, you know, oh, that's true. It's kind of funny. That would have when been... When did Mobius right come out? The, the final, like Mobius Final Fantasy? Yeah, yeah. 2016 or something. Because we like were that. part of the ad campaign yeah. for it, like 16, something like that. 2016. Yeah. So this would have been probably before that. Okay. Or maybe right around the same time. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> pertain to The Final to this. Fantasy <laughs> connections are, are um, interesting. We'll put it that way. Yeah. 
Um, what's his name? This guy, uh, dead, Alex Beecham. He's a yeah. very big um, Legend of Zelda fan. Yes. Actually, and part of the inspiration for this game was something along the lines of uh, The Wind Waker. Yep. And the exploration of islands and hearing about stories of islands and wanting to go figure out the stories. But it almost seems like a not necessary game content, right? It's mm. like extra game content. Yeah. Um, but he kind of wanted to make a whole world just full of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the the Zelda series as a whole, particularly its its roots early on, mm. was very much designed this way where it's a, yeah. it just, they just dump you in a world and you go yeah. figure it out, figure out like yeah. where to go, what to do, piece the story together. Right. Um, like the Dark Souls series was inspired by the same roots, right? right. Where yeah. the, the idea is the story happened before yeah. you're going through sort of the remains or remnants of yeah. that and like piecing it together like a puzzle. Um, and this style of storytelling lends itself very well to an open world game like yes. this, right? Because you don't have to get everything. You don't yes. have to go in a linear, you know, one place than the other. Yes. Yeah. And so that's why I think this is among, at least for what I played so far, one of my favorite open world games ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you really have the freedom to just explore it however you want. Yeah. He talks about how the motivation for exploration in this game is in kind of just the exploration itself, just to go see what's out there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Now, that can lead to a lot of design challenges because oh, it's yeah. like, okay, how do we point them to content that's actually meaningful instead right. of having our players meandered, wasting a lot of time and not getting anywhere? Yeah. So they have a whole lot that they've talked about how they sort of design the planets to where if you see a barren part of the planet, that's there's nothing there. Like, don't go look there. They they designed <laughs> it specifically to have very distinct yes. visual references to very where smart. things are. Yeah, it's like that's smart. that's a thing. I can see detail there. Yeah, that's where I should go. And where there's no detail, <laughs> um, it almost looks like they just. It almost looks like they didn't render it properly. It just yeah. it looks smooth and blurry very and smooth, like yeah. it just just don't go there. There's nothing there. That's yeah. funny. So, um, yeah, like the, the, you mentioned the Wind Waker uh, and, and yeah. how you go to one island, you hear something about another one. Ooh, or you see there. a picture of somebody in a different yes. place. And right. it's like, oh, where's that place? So this was sort of, for Alex Beecham at least, a response to Skyward Sword, which he did not like. Yeah, that's so Because funny. it was such a departure from the, the traditional Zelda roots. It was much more linear, yeah. much more guided. Yes, Kind of, especially with the, um, what's her name? The character that guides you in that one, I forget. Oh, Fee, Fi, Fee, Fi, yeah. She would, you know, constantly be yeah. sort of pinging at you and telling yeah. you what to do and things like that. Yeah. He hated that as, you know, Breath of the Wild has kind of returned the form yeah, since so then. Of course. Yeah. But that was, this was sort of a response to that in, in a sense. It's also, of course, um, out there to sort of recreate the feeling uh, as far as space exploration goes, of like Apollo 13 or 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, that's very um, interesting. Which 2001 is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. And, and, and as far as in, in, incorporating that feel, I can already sense that, even from the little that I've really learned in the planets that I've explored. Like, I don't think I've even scratched the surface on the twins yet. Yeah. I think there's a lot more going on there than I've even seen. But from what I've seen, I got those 2001 vibes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I can definitely see where they were coming from with that. And I, I just, 
the the spirit of space exploration in yeah. an uncontrollable environment, right, <laughs> yeah. is like really really cool in this sort of objectiveless <laughs> uh, sandbox little solar system that you can go explore. It's just really, really, really cool. And I would guess that there's some Mario Galaxy inspiration here too. I didn't. Oh, that's a good didn't point. Bring yeah. it up. I don't think it's not. I, th- I think in any he. Of I think stuff. he did in the no clip documentary. Oh, in that documentary, which oh, okay, I haven't cool. seen the whole thing because there's I just spoilers saw the first, in it. Yeah. But but I think they do mention that in there that it, that the gravity acts similarly. There's these little tiny planets. Yeah. That you walk around and. And yeah. Mario Galaxy, what a great game. Yeah. Mario Galaxy is awesome. Okay. So anyway, um, so that's kind of the approach, I guess, the, mm-hmm. the, the source of inspiration and the approach behind how they went about making the game. Uh, it, it had sort of a long development history, really, because it, like yeah. the build that he would have made in that year of taking the class doesn't really resemble terribly much what we ended up what getting. What it ended up being, yeah. It went through several iterations, and it won a lot of awards in the time that it was really just kind of a... a even before... I mean, I know it was on... We were talking about the um, 2015, the Independent Awards. Yeah, so from that time at USC in 2012 up to about 2015, they ended up releasing like an alpha release build of the game for free mm-hmm. on their website. And that version of the game ended up getting like a ton. It, it won like a ton of awards. It did, like yeah. Like a ton. <laughs> Which so is that's hilarious. where it started to pick up a lot of steam. It was also crowdfunded on Fig. Which, which I, had, I still haven't heard of. I had never heard of until yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. But it was like you know. one of the very first, if not the very first games to be funded on Fig. Crowdfunded on Fig. Uh, so, yeah, that's where, you know, it ended up getting its money, of course, and then uh, Masi Oka stepped in, uh, and, yeah. and with Mobius Digital, and you know, got, kind of took over from there. I think it passed hands again to oh, to a different like a, publisher, a different publisher before Anna, it was Annapurna. Yes, Annapurna they stepped in eventually there towards yeah. the end and ended up publishing it. Um, and then the game was fully released in 2019. I think it was originally going to be 2018, then it had to be delayed to 2019. Okay, right. Um, and there was going to be a Switch version too. Has not. Yeah, yet that's kind of been indefinitely delayed at this point. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's kind of that's just kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. How, how well? I mean, I don't know. How well were the sales for this game? Like, did it? That's a good question. Did it do well, or is there any way to track it? Maybe there isn't. For I mean, I would assume it's it's. For especially for an indie game, it's done extremely well, but yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know how much money it's it's made necessarily, but it seems to be pretty popular. Okay, um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting and something I'm kind of keeping my eye on as far as the approach to how they wrote the game, um, you know, when you have kind of a game done in this style, like I was talking about with Dark Souls or yeah, Legend of Zelda, um. A lot of the times when you're just reading sort of like logs or um, messages that are the remnants of some ancient civilization or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and their writing is crazy. Yeah, it's It really actually cool. reminds <laughs> me a little bit of the uh, review that we did on the movie Arrival. Yes, right. How it's like there's like a, a circular It's a circle pattern. with like, and depending on the texture of the circle, that's like the meaning yes, of the message. Right. Um, it's very interesting. You know, there was actually an old, I think it, the old Norse used to have a writing system before they developed the runic alphabet where you had like a stick 
like this long pole, and you would like make little notches in the pole. Mm. And it almost seems like they took that idea, and you know, the, it's almost like musical. It's almost the way we write music now, but right. this was sounds and consonants mm. and whatnot. Um, but it's almost like they took that concept of putting notches on a pole, and then they just like bent, bent the pole, and then it like goes. So then you have like kind of a flowering, a very natural looking mm-hmm. um, flow to the the written linguist uh, language. It's very very interesting. Yeah, like I'm more interested in that than almost <laughs> any other aspect of the game at the moment because the way that they develop the linguistics is very 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 interesting to me. Yeah, it's really cool. And like how, um, how could that work? <laughs> I think it was uh, Beecham's sister who actually wrote um, like the, all of those logs and things like that for the game. Oh, really? Um, let me mm. check that real quick just to make sure I'm right about it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was writer, yeah, Kelsey Beecham. So wow, she was nice. the one who did all the writing for it. And nice. she was talking about how her writing approach is very character focused she likes to write very like character focused stories and that's tough to do in something like this where yeah (laughs) it's almost like well the the player chooses everything that the character says so it's an avatar sort of like main character it's not like a character that's built with a personality right um and then the 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 ancient civilization to to make Uh, the player sort of relate to a civilization is a lot harder Mm -hmm. than to specific characters. And so in all of these little messages that you translate with the translator that you get, there are actual characters of these nomai, these ancient people. Yes. And and they, they have a story. And, there, and there's dialogues back and forth, yes. and they're talking to each other and talking to others, and yeah, that's true. I thought that was a really cool, cool. idea and a good way of going about trying to humanize, or I guess these are aliens, but you know what I'm <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yes, I um, Make them into characters rather than just this, oh, this great ancient civilization. There's yeah. actual people uh, involved and they, they have threads and arcs and things like that. Very interesting. So I thought that was so, a really good choice. Because as soon as this is introduced, I'm thinking Mass Effect, right? And I'm thinking it's the Geth, right? The, or is it the Geth? Yeah, the Geth and Mass Effect, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm thinking like, whoa, this oh, is Oh, are you talking about similar. the Protheans? That's what I'm the talking Protheans. about, the Protheans. Yeah, yeah. The Protheans who are this lost, you know, you know, race of people, yes. uh, technologically advanced individuals from a long time ago. And... Um, this reminded me of that, except for what you just brought up, that that's more treated as like this large group of ambiguous like people yeah. in the past, yeah. whereas this is taking individuals and bringing them up you know, into the present that we kind of read about, yeah. and we can experience them through individuals instead of just an overview as like a, like a history book. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I really like the way that the game's physics work. Um, yeah. It's yeah. very... Uh, it's it's a it's a really strong attempt at like accuracy. Um, yeah. For instance, like the closer you go to a planet's core, basically the closer to zero it g sucks. you get. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, it, it, the opposite. It, yes. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you'd have gravity from all sides kind of pulling at you at, with yes. the same amount of force. That's right. So yeah. like on the outside of the planet, gravity will be strongly pulling you down, more. but then you go into the center, and that's where they have the zero g like testing. Zero g. Yep site kind of thing on, yeah. on timber hearth where you go repair that thing that's in there yeah, the, you the can broken. you can uh test out what it's like to fly or you know in your suit and zero g in there yeah that's pretty cool um and everything is always moving like yeah and and it's constantly going like there's no point where 
you load a certain area and it stops the simulation on the mm, outside. Right. Like the planets will continue moving and All the time. pieces that get broken off from this one will continue floating through space for the <laughs> remainder. You know, like it doesn't it stop at any point. And uh, that brought up a lot of challenges for them too, to, to make sure like it wouldn't hinder the player from right. Being if able all of a sudden, yeah. whenever you choose to do whatever you want to do, it's not going to be on the opposite end of the whole solar system, right? right. And and very difficult to get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's 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 very funny. Yeah. Um, so it's it's super ambitious game, yet at the same time, it's very small scale in a way mm. that's. It's been really interesting for me uh, because it, at, it it's almost has the feeling of what we talk about all the time with old RPGs and abstractions. Yeah. Where the scale of it is technically very small, right. but it feels huge It somehow. feels very big. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how, but it just right. does. <laughs> you know what's weird? I, I, you think about a game now. If, if somebody's going to say, oh, I played this new game about outer space, you're thinking, okay, it has to be intergalactic. There's no way that you can tell a, you know, a space you know, story or create a space world without it being intergalactic or at least um, like a galaxy, right? Mm. It, you know, inter-solar system kind of stuff. Um, but this is just a single, it's interplanetary, but it's a, just a single solar system. Yes. And to, to kind of localize it in that way is something that, I don't know, that I, you don't see very often. You That's don't. not something people do very often. You don't. Not in sort of the big space epic no, games. No, because you're temp- it's too tempting to just be like, oh, and let's make a bunch of systems and a bunch of different places to go. Um, but instead, they just focused on a few planets. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's I, like... Well, I've talked about this a little bit in a video that I did several years back. Like when I was a kid, I was totally obsessed with astronomy, just obsessed. Mm. Um, I, I went to space camps in Houston. I, I just wanted to learn every single thing possible about space. <laughs> uh, I wanted to be an astronaut like really bad when I was little. Yeah. And there, at, at some point, I kind of lost my passion for that. I got into some other things, and then I sort of rediscovered it again uh, later in life, like maybe early adulthood or something like that. And so playing something like this, it just totally sparks that for me. Yeah. And just, just going up and watching the planets as they sort That's of eclipse really cool. the sun. The game yeah. is beautiful there are yeah. just moments where i can't help but stop which as we'll oh, get into yeah, in a we'll minute you, you usually don't want to do that because yeah, you have yeah, a very yeah. limited time to get stuff done yeah but i can't help it like i can't help but just stop and watch it stop and look, it is yeah. or, so or just beautiful. mess around with like the, the sound scope yes you it's so it's an early thing that you get right at the beginning um but you can use this it's almost like a telescope, but for, for sounds and you're able to kind of zero in on different points in space and you're able to read the sound waves coming from that specific area and all around you, there's things to listen to. There's Mm. things to just hear and you can just, you can play with that thing for a while and just hear all the different sounds of space. It's really fun. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and that was kind of cool too, because and we'll get into this because we're going to get into the village here in just a second, but those travelers, other astronauts mm-hmm. from the community yeah. that are on the different planets. And so like you hear their music with that yeah. thing, right? But like they each have a different instrument or a different part of the music yeah. where uh, 
played separately, but when I they noticed, come together, when they like, converge, the actual they're playing the same song. Yeah. Right? They're all kind yes, of playing in tempo exactly. and they're right. playing in harmony with each other. Mm. But you can just get it in these little vignettes, these little snippets, you know, until they come together. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, all of this is to say that <laughs> at least so far this is shaping up to be one of my favorite games I've ever played. Yeah. Um, I really love the thought behind it, um, the kind of the story, the inspirations for it. Uh, I, I just, I'm always going to eat up a freaking space exploration game, no matter what yeah. what it is. I, I remember e- even just to make, um, when we were doing Mass Effect, I made yeah. some displays for that. That moved. That moved. That was fun. Uh, I, I downloaded a, a program for that. It, it, you can get it on Steam. It's called Space Engine. It's not really a game because yeah. there's no, object- uh, no objectives. There's, there's no game there. It's just a simulation of... Yeah of well the universe really because yeah, you can go Milky out of Way. the galaxy to andromeda and a bunch of other things uh, mm. basically all the observable universe is, is like essentially explorable in this little space yeah. engine um of course the the actual stars and planets and stuff would be procedurally generated right yeah it's uh, not always uh, accurate but i i remember i was doing a stream and these guys who who are here in the patreon chat mm-hmm. um will remember this I think I, I, I was just like for an hour or two d- d- <laughs> with nothing to do, around. right? <laughs> with with no objective, no That's game funny. to play. Yeah. I just was fascinated by this. Let me go find out what's over there. Let's fly over just here. Go to the let's center, t- let's just go to the center <laughs> of the galaxy and see what what's making that big yeah. bright spot. It's super, super fun to me. Yeah. And so- Anything <laughs> involving space exploration is going to fascinate me, particularly when you can actually find mysteries and a yeah. story there. Oh, right. And it's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, and there's I mean, really big mysteries, which we'll get into one in a minute, but I'm going to give people a moment if they haven't played the game yet and they don't want anything spoiled to go do that first because we're getting to the end of our development history section here. But I just... I, I freaking love it. I, I mm-hmm. it's it's so far it has captivated me so completely yeah. that I I I have no um my thought is nowhere elsewhere other than this. I don't want to play <laughs> anything else. <laughs> no. I I, I nice. just want to like focus on this and dive and try to find everything there is to find. So with that said, um let's go ahead and and go ahead and post our spoiler warning at this point. Okay. Anything we talk about after this, again, we don't know really much about it other than what we've played but if but you haven't played the game we yet, might be doing stuff you don't do until right. five six hours into the game so yeah even right at, right at the beginning exactly so go play the game please go play it. it is really really good um but yeah uh let's talk a little bit about how it starts up i, th- I figured you yeah. would have some notes on the <laughs> sorry the the very <laughs> first image yeah the, the opening of the eyes the first breath and the falling of like a blue beam, like a little circular energy orb thing yeah. that kind of falls to the planet. <laughs> well, that okay, yes. But first <laughs> off, when you open your eyes, you'll notice it's like three. There's like three spots oh, where your eyes open yeah. up. Yes. It's almost like because uh, the, the, the we're an alien. Yeah, yeah. three eyes. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's so right. it's really funny, first off, because of that. Um, I, I I don't know how to read this symbolically necessarily very well, um, but 
that banjo at the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? Because I didn't know what this game was even about. So I start playing the oh, game. So you went in completely, completely blind. Having I have no clue never, what kind of nothing. game it was or anything. Yeah, I knew zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I hear that banjo, and I'm like, okay, very interesting. And then I see the logo, Outer Wilds. Well, we don't have it up here, I guess. I can put it on the screen. You got the O with like a circle next to it and like another circle outside of it signifying like a planet with like an orbiting planet. So that's like space astronomy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you've got wilds with a tree on the eye, right? So you've got the word outer with like a space motif, but then wilds kind of gives you this idea of like a forest or like like the wilderness in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Like just go out there and explore and that's what this is like. Yes. And then you hear somebody playing a banjo, which is very, it's very like homely or like, how do you put it? Like home on the range. Yes. Home, home on the range. Yep, yep. Like just somebody sitting out, you know, in nineteen thirties, just like in Oklahoma, you know, small town out of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, campfire, just really in a forest, and just pulls out the banjo, just starts playing, right? Yeah. And it almost has that dueling banjo sound to it, but it's different than that. Um, and then everything everything's like orange, right? There's like an orange kind of feel to everything at the beginning with the logo and all that. And it's like the campfire. Mm-hmm. Then you have the the word of the planet that we're at. It's called uh, hearth, right? Which is Earth with an yep. H in front yep. of it. Yep. But but it's also hearth related to fires, yeah. right? Yeah. So the word hearth means it references like a fireplace, like the hearth of the home. But it also means heart, like mm-hmm. it's both. Like the word heart comes from that as well. Like the heart of the house. Is yes, the exactly. Heart the heart thing. of the house is is the fire because I mean think before electricity and and gas powered heating and yeah. all that. Like the only place to survive in the world at night when it's winter is By in a heart. house next to a fire. If mm. you don't have a fire, if you don't have a fire, you don't have um, a, a life-sustaining place unless you live near the equator, of course. Um, that's a little bit different. Um, but it also becomes like the heart of the home, meaning this is where people gather and talk. This is yeah. where you show up and like if somebody gets mad at somebody else, they can't just leave. This is where the heat is, right? Yeah, you can't right. just like go away and go up in your room and shut yourself in your room <laughs> for like a week. And you can't do that back in the day, you know? So heart, and it also comes from the old, um, I think the Greek word is the word focus. The word for focus is the same word. Like the focus is the center. It's the heart. It's the middle. And the hearth is kind of the representation of that. And then when you start the game, you're at a campfire, right? Boom. Mm. You look up, you see all the stars everywhere, and there's a campfire, which signifies like, heart like home right like this is where we're at except it's it's a campfire you're you're in a forest surrounded by trees yeah. you're not in a home right so you're in a hearth but the hearth is by nature the wilderness yeah. and the, they, they've they've sort of taken a few like ideas and motifs of a typical hearth that somebody would understand and then they just put it out in in the wilderness and that's the perfect introduction to this game mm. because you're going to be exploring planets the way that when you were eight you walked out with a magnifying glass and tried to find like different bugs in the ground yep. right but and this is part of the well, this is one of the things that has always been disconnecting well, that's, that's what hope plus romantics brought yeah. up is pikmin but solar system yes vibes. exactly because yeah, pikmin, pikmin was, gives yeah. you that feeling of yeah. Like oh like I'm a Boy Scout you know I'm going out <laughs> I'm like got my no I got my nature journal you know I'm like what's that kid from Up the oh yeah the kid, uh, I can't remember his name. The kid's name yeah but you know I'm th- I'm just going out and I'm looking at everything and I'm trying to draw the picture of all the bugs I got the journal I'm writing down what happened how many ants do I see how many flowers do I see what color are they what do they look like what's their shape all that stuff um, but it's always been disconnecting for me with a lot of these space exploration games because they're missing that 
type of feeling to them in many instances, right? Where it's like, I can't really relate to this because this doesn't feel like any of the exploration that I'm capable of doing or that I've done in my life up to this point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more, it's more technical. It's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of, you know, data that I don't really, or a lot of physics, a lot of sciencey stuff that I'm like, Hey, I don't really know exactly how to analyze all this stuff Mm -hmm. the way that like an expert would. Um, But this game has kind of like, scaled that down to you like know, my level. That's a you know? super good point because it's almost like the ship is, is almost a DIY like yes. made from duct it's tape like, sort of feel to it. It right? looks it looks like <laughs> it looks like a tree house. Yeah, right. Just a wooden tree that's a house. That's a great point. Yeah. One room yeah. out in a tree it and takes, you're just pretending. It takes the sort of overwhelming enormity and complexity of astronomy in space, yes. and makes it feel like backyard exploration. It, exactly, that's, that's the that. perfect exactly. way to put what this game feels yes. like. Yeah. And what and that even goes uh, speaks to the size of the planets. Yeah, like now the planets are bigger than they look. I, I will say that once you get into them, there yeah. there's more going on there than it looks like. But they're small, at least on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. And you show up, and it's like this is just a backyard. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> this is just a place and as you get more and more into it there's there's deeper and deeper things to explore but it the size of it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yes. Like so if you play Mass Effect and it's like oh I'm going to go to this planet. Okay, you mean like a one square half mile of that planet? Okay, yeah, have at it, you know, but but they're trying to sell you on the scale. Like yeah. this is a real size planet and of yeah. course you can't go anywhere you want on the whole planet. Yeah. Because it's a planet, yeah. right? Whereas this game's just like throws that out the window and they Mm -hmm. say we don't care if it feels cartoonish or any of that stuff we're gonna let you explore the entire planet even though it's like small and all that stuff but it really lends to that feel of like of not only can you do anything or see anything um but that the backyard is like the world yeah it's that's a great way of putting it And, and this kind of brings me back to my point earlier about abstraction right how in those old RPGs we played, they, they didn't actually make you walk across the planet. They, yeah. they created uh, an abstraction where yes, your character yeah. was as big as a mountain. That's right, And yes. it takes five minutes to walk in the next time, but that was supposed yeah. to be like 30 miles, right? Right. Now, I don't know That's true. if this is supposed to be an abstraction in that same sense or if it's just supposed to be a small solar system. I think but it's just a small it solar system. it gives me that feel. It gives yeah. me that feeling. Like, I still feel like, and, and I think the way you put this kind of connected it as to why I feel it's big and small at the same time. Yeah, it is. It's big uh, and small. Because it's taking something as far as a passion of mine of astronomy and how I love to like linger on its enormity, yes. which is very, it's almost intimidating to a lot of people I talk to. because It's mind-breaking. Like, yeah. yeah, people who I, I, I've wanted to have conversations who might not have the same passion for astronomy, yeah, yeah. they get to a point where like, it freaks them out almost to imagine the actual scale of the universe or something like that. Oh, yeah. How long it would actually take to get to even like the nearest star. Yeah. Right. That they just, they can't, they can't fathom it. So they just, it overwhelms them. So they, they, it's, it, you get, I get that from like launching into space, but then it only yeah. takes a minute to like get over to the next planet. And you're just there. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. But in the same sense as those abstractions from those old RPGs did, I still feel like I'm out there exploring like the yeah. solar system. Yeah. And the way they've compressed all of that. Compressed, that's good. Uh, has made it really efficient and really fast. And that's necessary for the time 
that you actually get to get anything done. A little Majora's Mask-ish in oh, that way. Yes. That's that's um, totally true. Yeah. So we should probably get to that in a second. Maybe we can just well, like the whole premise of the the premise, <laughs> the moon that's going to crash into the town. Well, yeah. well, that's Majora's Mask, right? I know. But like, but in this game, the moon well, yeah, is right. What what the, the what, sun? What, okay, you're saying what it is for this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's wait on that for just a okay, second. Okay. But the point is, uh, it feels both enormous and small in all the right ways to me. Yeah. So I still get that sense of big time space exploration, but it's really fast and, mm. and quick and efficient. Yeah. And you don't have a lot of wasted time. That's, a, that's something a lot of people complain about with open worlds is, you know, I'm, I'm just walking towards my goal and there's nothing for me to do in between. Right. I'm just walking for 10 minutes over or there. Th see, people really did not enjoy sailing in Wind Waker. Yeah, a lot of people they did. They just I were did, like, it but... took <laughs> two minutes to get from one island to the other. And people could not just like peacefully enjoy the serene, <laughs> the serenity of sailing on the open sea with the swells yeah. of the ocean and the music that I just fades it. out. And you just hear the sound of the ocean. Yeah. I could never get enough of that. I loved it. Yeah. Even to the point where in the HD version, they gave you a faster the sail, fast sail and I didn't use it because I, <laughs> I, I only use it once. So I, I, I grabbed the fast sail because instead of doing the, um, playing the song to get the wind to change, I just equip the fast sail. So the wind changes right where I want. And then I take it down. And I use the normal sail. Yes. So I only skip the, the Wind Waker-y part. I don't skip the actual traveling. The actually sailing yeah. part, yeah. Uh, Six God in the Patreon mm -hmm. chat here. Uh, I don't know where he's getting this quote from. It looks like a screenshot. But it's, it's, it puts together kind of what we're saying. Outer Wilds illustrates the grandeur of time and space by shrinking them down and now and then letting the true scale of things escape from the model. Um, ah, that's, that's great. A really great way of putting it. Because you do get a feeling. Now, they reference like real physics and, and like quantum mechanics and like astrophysics and astronomy. They're referencing all sorts of real, very interesting things. They're, they're hinting at this greater expanse of this like real, like um, scale of, of the universe. But then they keep bringing you back into this small the mm. small scale, right? Yeah. But they keep giving you big ideas. That's probably it. Big ideas, but delivered in a small scale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Six God is saying he, it comes from a video that he linked to me in a DM. And I was going to oh, wait cool. to watch that till after I'd played the game. So I'll check those out in another time. Very nice. Um, okay. So should we jump into uh, the village here? You wake up. Yeah. And there's just a guy sitting by the fire. I think he's cooking An a alien. marshmallow, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and you can do that fire. too. You can actually, did you do that? You can I actually did. cook yes. a, yeah. And I, I <laughs> now how, in terms of roasting it, were you able to get like a nice golden or was yes. it, did it just burn? Because if you, if it was you extend hard for it me all the it. way out and down yeah. really quickly, it'll get to, like light on yeah, fire. That right happened away. to me like but very you, you quickly. can pull the trigger in increments. It's not like a down or up kind of thing where it's out. Right. Or so you can slowly kind of. But even then. And then hold it anyways. up higher yes, exactly. so it doesn't burn. But, but this is part of the game. This is part of the physics of the game yeah. is getting. How would you how would you say it? Um, flying that ship and just using these minor adjustments, right, to kind of like land exactly where you want to do it. Yeah. Um, roasting a marshmallow is similar. You you can't just crash your ship right away on the side of the planet, <laughs> but you've got to like very closely do it. But there's like a finesse. There's yes, a finesse to definitely. it. Definitely. And 
it's so funny because a lot of the um, physics that they're dealing with is the difference between a particle and a wave. A lot of what this game, a lot of like the theme of this game almost is like, what's the difference between a particle and a wave? As far as I can tell, <laughs> but, but in a deep way. And like, imagine you're just like this, this science nerd who's just studied this for like 30 years. And then like the meaning that some, a theme like that would, would have to you. And it's like, yes, a wave and a particle, you know, like they're, they're the same in a way, but not in different ways. And anyways, the, like the wave, the way it acts, and it, they reference all this kind of science within the game. Um, but the idea being that there's a, there's something called the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Mm. And it basically states that like, you can't, um, how would you put it? You can't, hmm, you can't measure the speed of a particle at the same time as like the location of it. Mm. Like you can't just apprehend the particle. Well, you can, but then you lose the, rela- the relation to the speed of where it's going or how fast it's traveling. But you can you can like make it, you know, using quantum mechanics. I don't even know how to explain this. This is, this um, is a quantum <laughs> physics thing, I was it about is. to say, right? It's, there, it's hard yes. to, it's really hard to understand. But, but there's something like that just that permeates this whole game and all the messages that I'm hearing between the, uh, what are they called? The people, the... The aliens? Yeah, but the... the oh, the, 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 old, the, the nomai? The nomai. Yeah. Um, that like, that's what they're trying to figure out. Like yes. they're trying to understand yes. how something can be in two places at once. But uh, they do this in this game. Have you seen like, there's the, a rock. The little rocks that yeah. will disappear and when you're you, not observing them. That, yeah. That's part of, that's part of the uncertainty principle that when you see it, you apprehend it and you have its position, but you don't know where it's moving, right? Mm. That only happens when you're not observing it. When you're not observing um, it. Right. And then it's like, there's movement happening. Uh, but then as soon as you apprehend it, it's like, boom, you've solidified it. It's manifest in one place. Um, and, yeah, but, but there's like a negative aspect to that because the beauty of the thing is in the way that it moves. But if you're just so obsessed with quantifying it and with observing it and with like nailing it down to one single point in space, that's great. You can you can it's useful, I guess. It's like a utilitarian way of of seeing things. Like, oh, now it's a rock. Now I can use it. Uh, but you're missing the waveform. You're missing the what it does behind the scenes when you're not when watching you're not it. But that's not useful to science or to <laughs> any, to, well, I don't know, I guess we haven't de- determined the usefulness of it yet. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of what this game's grappling at is like the usefulness of the wave, you know? It's so yeah. good. Uh, we got, uh, looks like the collector here saying, yeah. uh, Werner Heisenberg in 1927, yes, the uncertainty principle states that we cannot know both the position and speed of a particle, there you go. such as a photon or electron, with perfect accuracy. You can't, because the more you determine its location, the less you know about its speed right. and, and um, movement. Yeah. Um, but I also have to say, that was 100 years ago. Look at that, 1927. I know. In 100 that years, that's still true. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... It's like he, he was right, because you would think that, oh, we'll figure out a way to determine its movement and its location. Don't worry. Just technology will do it. It's been 100 years, and yeah. that has not happened yet. Has not this happened seems yet. to be just like a law of nature. Yeah. So, um, so, so, cool. so the game is going to be playing with that a little bit, and there, there's kind of a lot of setups here in the village in the opening that do that. Like there's, there's a rock. Yeah one of these rocks in the village. I don't know if you saw it there, but you, yeah, you find it a bunch in other, of platforms. other places too. Yes. But like, and then you, the yeah, trees, you, sometimes trees. Yeah. They'll move. <laughs> will move when you're not watching them. Yeah. Which is like, Oh, the craziest thing. Yeah. It's crazy. So but you don't notice it until somebody points it out though. You, right. Cause yeah. it, they, they still generate within a field. You could say within a, Oh, what would the word be? A quantum field <laughs> that there's the, the, the field is determined, yeah. but the positions are, are not fixed. And so they, it's not like a tree will, will just show up in some random place. Um, but in, within the field, the trees are just all over the place. Anytime you look at them, you, you nail them down. But when you're not looking, they could be anywhere. Yeah. 
So Slate is the name of the alien character at the campfire. Slate. You talk to him and he explains, oh, are you ready for your for your launch it's day? Launch You're going day. to space, yeah. right? Yeah, hooray. Uh, isn't that great? A and, solo voyage, yeah. Yeah, solo voyage into space. Uh, but you need to get the launch codes in order to actually activate, like get up to the ship. And they have that over at the launch tower, so you need to go there and talk to them. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff you can do in between there, a lot of things you can sort of learn about. So um, one, and I'm trying to keep a pin in a lot of these uh, little things that I believe are gonna be big setups for later. But one of them was that, that rock that well, yeah. when you don't look at it, it kind of moves Sh- through different Schrodinger's parts. rock. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, there's also something called ghost matter. Like there's this little kid and he's like throwing oh, yeah, things over right. into the that's ghost right. matter field. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... You can only see it through like the image. You have to take it like a picture of yeah. a camera basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you can't like go into ghost matter fields. It's, it's like right, kill, it'll you kill you if you do that. And you explain this to the kid, hey, it's dangerous. Like don't be doing this. Mm. Um, but this, this ghost matter appears elsewhere in the solar system. So yeah, I'm I've really curious as to what that's supposed to be. The fact that it's called ghost <laughs> matter. Like they could have called it anything. Like, oh, it's yeah. a toxic field or whatever. And okay, there's no intrigue to that. Okay, just avoid it, whatever. Uh, but we're looking for a lost civilization and there's something called ghost matter. Yes. Just got to think that there's a connection, <laughs> right? So it's right. intriguing. It's like, oh, yeah. what is this stuff? Yeah. And then um, they have a remote control model ship that you can practice <laughs> yeah. flying with. Uh, that but was it's so way funny. harder it was really than the hard. real ship because it's a third, like third a, person, a, sort of yeah, a yeah. distant third person perspective rather than first person. It's well, actually it, a lot harder to fly than the real ship. It reminded me of flying a drone. Like, remember when yeah. we, we first got that quadcopter when we were doing our YouTube stuff? And, like, we would go yes. out into the park and just practice flying, flying that thing from not, not really third person because, well, I guess so, but, like, we're fixed and the thing's moving. And it was so difficult to, like, try to put your mind in that thing's perspective as you're flying it around. <laughs> it was so hard at that, first. That was back when, when drones were a new thing. They, yeah, they're was much like easier now. Yeah, because I they, they broadcast to your smartphone and then which your is first on a controller person. and you can see what the yes. camera sees and yeah. they've got all kinds of auto pilot tools where it can track this and we're flying a circle around this. They're so much easier to control now yes. than they used to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a kind of a frequent thing. And especially cause it's like land, land it on the thing. I crashed it like 20 times yeah. before I finally landed it on yeah. the wood. That's, the that's, wood that's a good um, analogy as far as, I, in fact, I think this one's still harder to fly than the actual drones. Then, are, then the DJI one, <laughs> yeah, the DJI Phantom <laughs> one that we had. Oof. That we had. Yeah. Um, there's also the zero G cave. Did you go in there? I did. Yeah. yeah. And there's that pipe to fix the guy in there. Who's like mining at the, yes. Oh, it was really interesting. Cause I, I couldn't tell exactly what he was mining, but I think we mentioned something about going into space and he was, he's like a freaked out yeah. outer space. He's like, don't put me out there. You know, that's ridiculous. Interesting about that. I actually had kind of forgot about this detail. He's like the yeah. one guy who like is scared and doesn't think it's a good idea to explore space. Hmm. Earlier in an early, like a way earlier build of Outer, Outer Wilds, all of the villagers were this way. Oh, they were, really? They were kind of like, hey, space, you know, let's focus on huh. our own problems and what's going on here. Kind of the way I a, hear lot that a lot of people today, today yes. are about space exploration. Yes. Now it's a waste of money and yeah. we should be fixing our problems here on this planet um, rather than, you know, wasting all this resources exploring dead right. planets, right? But... Um, what they found was that this 
kind of was demotivating for the player. So they end up oh, turning really? it around to where, oh, this Everyone's town, encouraging this village you. has <laughs> a space exploration program. <laughs> and there are like other astronauts out there on yeah. the planets at little stations and they play music and you can go find them and talk to them. And oh, I love it. Made it a little bit more of an exciting sort of thing uh, they found in their play testing for players. So. Um, nice. That was a good, I didn't know that. That's a but good change. Yeah, that one guy is still the one guy who's like curmudgeon and like, no, don't go. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Zero G Cave, you can do some practice there. So they give you a lot yeah. of, this, is, this serves as a tutorial um, in a way that I really like. It's a kind of tutorial where you just try it out and it doesn't like yeah. give you like paragraphs of text to explain everything. Right. And you just kind of feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just it. feel it out and you can try it over and over again and there's not really, you know. Well, this whole game penalty. doesn't give you tutorial text. Not like, really. You, every now and then you'll talk to somebody who kind of points you in the right direction. But for the most part, you're just, you're on your own to figure it out. And mm -hmm. I really like that about games. That also makes me, harkens me back, not just to my childhood and the fact that I would get a magnifying glass and go try to find ants in my backyard, but also that those were the games that were made back when I was mm -hmm. that same age, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you used to just have to figure it out. Yep. And I really appreciate it. It throws me right back to my childhood. Games did not used to hold your hand. This game yeah. doesn't either in any way. It doesn't give you an objective other than the first one, go get the launch codes. And like, yeah, once yeah. you've got it, then it's just go do what you want. Cool. Um, and, you know, figure out how to play the game. So um, the Zero GK was pretty cool. So uh, the one thing that... I've actually gotten totally used to it. I just now realize it's in my notes, but I'm thinking now and I'm like, that's, this is not, has not been a problem for me for at least an hour of gameplay. Um, but the field of view is a little bit too wide. Oh, really? it's a little too wide angle. I think, um, not in terms of what you can see or can't see or whether or not it's useful. Um, but just that I, I don't often feel motion sick in playing when oh, playing video games, Oh, really? but this game did do that to me especially at the very beginning, in part because the field of view is, it just felt like it was a little too wide. And as I'm looking around, like maybe if they could just take that from like like a 120 degree field of view to like a 90 or something. So, um, so you have felt motions. Yes, and I don't often feel that. There may be, but there I don't think I've ever option. played a game that is quite this wide view with the distortion at the edges. Like you're getting yeah. that lens distortion. I wonder, I, I didn't go through the options, but I wonder if there is an option where you can change well, the field of view. A lot of PC games will allow you to do that. That's a but good I don't, I don't point, know actually. Well, I did go through some options when I first started the game. I remember that. But I don't recall seeing that one. That may have been there, though. I may have missed it. Yeah. But I don't think the game would be better. Like, I think the field of view is fine. It's very useful to have that wide field of view, especially navigating outer space. But it did make me a little bit, feel a little bit weird, especially as objects got distorted towards the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so anyway, you, you, you talk to the lady who gives you, well, I guess you have it from the start, but anyway, she tells you about the other travelers on the planet, and they each have a different instrument that she made for them. Yeah, yeah. One of them whistles, one of them plays a banjo, one of them plays a flute, one's kind of like There's a like drumming. There's a drum, yeah. Yeah. And then there is a harmonica, yes, harmonica. player named Feldspar. Yes. Who's been missing for, he was, was he the first to take flight? He was the very first. I think he was. Astronaut. Yeah. Yes. And something happened in one of his missions and they have not seen him. Yeah. They have not very heard from him in a long time. So yeah. that was another big setup. But yeah. I swear I could hear his music at some point, but I, I, have, <laughs> I have not yet seen him. So um, you go up to the observatory and I think the first thing that you see is a, 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 a Nomai statue. Yeah. They found like this statue of what the, this Nomai, this ancient civilization here thousands of years yeah. before us looked like. 
and they've got it kind of sitting there uh, in the observatory. You talk to an NPC there who tells you a little bit about the Nomai. And then you go in, and they have a bunch of different exhibits for different things. Um, it was very sciencey. It was yes. just a, straight up a museum. Yes. And a lot of it was legit, like they're showing you the evolution of a star to yes. a supernova, right. basically. Yes. Which, which becomes is, pretty which relevant. Which is a setup, a huge <laughs> setup, yes. But, um, yeah, I, I had some stuff there, too, talking about, like, uh, how it's... Oh, yeah, the, the, I, I mentioned Heisenberg and Schrodinger with all of this stuff. Uh, you get a tool to translate the Nomai text. Um, but they talk about the redshift and the Big Bang and how do we know that the Big Bang happened? Well, because we detect the redshift of the galaxies that are going far away from us and that mm. they're they're accelerating, which means everything had to have gone back to a certain point. And they kind of run you really quickly, crash course, right through like the whole science behind the Big Bang, basically. Right. Right. Like really, really quickly and very effectively. I think they do a great job. But my note after going through all these exhibits because I didn't realize I played a little bit more of the game these are relevant They're all of these these are, are very enormously relevant. relevant these are the most important most relevant yes. things you need to know as setups for where the game's going now I thought they were just kind of showing off and like Haha, look guys we're you know sciencey <laughs> you guys like this stuff right here you go learn about this while you're playing a game go learn about some real science you know yeah I, I and I was kind of like rolling my eyes a little bit where I was kind of like wanting to ignore it and my note here at this time was uh, a bunch of physics nerds made this game <laughs> oh and I figured I propose a title for this episode um, bunch of physics nerd made bunch of physics nerds made a game <laughs> doom episode one anyways um, it's so funny that as I've played the game more I realized that that was not um, just them trying to insert random educational facts into no, the game. No. Like this is very important to yeah. like the core of the story of this game. So mm. don't skip the museum stuff no. just because it feels like you're being lectured <laughs> in a university. Nope. nope. It's very Or actually important. it feels like kind of elementary school. Yeah. Though. So yeah, you've got the the exhibit for the evolution of a star in a supernova. You've yes. got the the photograph of the four original Travelers, explorers, Feld's, oh, that's right, Feld, Feldspar. Feldspar being the one we talked about who's been yeah. missing. The others are out there playing the music, right? Yep. You've got No My Bones in that's one exhibit. That's right. That was interesting. Um, uh, they also have that like that purple crystal on the wall that like warps gravity, and you can actually walk on the walls. Oh, I don't think I actually the, did. This that. is actually uh, on on the planet. You, uh, 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 brittle, brittle. Yes. What is it called? I have. Ex Brittle Hollow. Brittle Hollow. I have yeah. experienced it on that planet, but yes. I didn't. I didn't experience it they, in a museum. They have one of those purple crystals on the wall Sweet. in the museum. You can walk on the wall, and oh, it kind sick. of I you know, shows you how it works. Um, they've got That's the awesome. uh, the fish, like the what do you call oh, it? Angler, the fish. angler fish. Which apparently um, there's a big deal about yes. angler fish in this game. Yes. I don't, yes. There I don't is. know where that's yes, coming. Yes, <laughs> there is. <laughs> Everyone's freaked out about anglerfish. Yes. I'm like, dude, you're in it's, space. It's, it's like a it's like a real important setup as well. Oh, that's great. Um, that's great. And then of course the the rock outside that will move. We've already talked about. Yeah, it, Schrodinger's it? rock. So, um, yeah, that's fun. Let's see. Yeah, that's the anglerfish as well. Anything else in here that I missed? Okay, so I think that's about it for the the observatory sort of uh, museum area. Yeah. You go up and you get the launch codes from the yeah, guy upstairs. Right. But as you come back down, the Nomai statue turns yeah. towards you and the eyes open up. And, and it's like this it's purple three light. Eyes, yeah, three so eyes. Yeah, three eyes. So kind of two 
sort of normal. And the, and the, and the, third, the third eye, eye being yes. the one in the forehead. Yes. Do you want to explain the symbolism well, behind that? I do, I do. The third eye is the, uh, well, some some people who want to get really technical about it call it the pineal gland. There is, yes. a, there is a pineal gland. I don't know that has anything to do with this, though. <laughs> um, but either way, um, the third eye is essentially your spiritual eye. Yes, right? Right. You, you can see that psychics have a third eye, that kind of stuff. Um, the, the band Third Eye Blind, remember yes, that one? Right. That was funny. Yep. They're re- referencing like their complete inability to perceive <laughs> like, patterns and spiritual things. The, the gnosis, um, the hidden wisdom of uh, the universe. Yes. This is what this eye. You need a third eye yeah, to see it. Opens right? up, it's like opens a, you up to th- it. back in 200 years ago, they would call the, that would you, that's your spiritual eye, right? You see it with your spiritual eyes. Um, there's also this, I, you know, so back in the day, you have the, in Greek mythology of the Cyclops, right? Mm. Now it's easy to just think of a Cyclops as like, oh, he's got one eye in the center of his head between where your two eyes are, right? But you look at any depiction of a Cyclops, especially from that time period, like twenty five, you know, twenty eight hundred years ago, and it's it's the eyes up here, yeah, right, and that's actually saying something. Um, at least in I think uh, Hesiod's um, depiction of Cyclops are a lot. Uh, nicer than Odysseus or than uh, Homer's, I guess, because Homer um, has Polyphemus is just like a total oaf, like just a <laughs> stupid, you know, nobody poked my eye out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, I, Hesiod has a lot um, better, um, well, better, a lot more interesting, I think, uh, perspective on Cyclopes. And mm-hmm. the idea being that there was so bad, they were like part of the early Titans, right? So you had the Hecatonchires, which had a hundred arms, a hundred legs, and fifty heads, which meant they had a hundred eyes, right? And they are responsible for like earthquakes and uh, lava and like storms and all that stuff, right? Mm. Because they're just wild. They they have fifty heads. They they can't determine where to go. They they're just all they can do is just ruin things because they aren't in agreement, right? The source of natural disasters. And the opposite of that is a cyclops. Mm. One single eye, very unified vision, and it's up, right? It's above, right? It's the yeah. third eye. Gotcha. So the Cyclopes were able to like s- perceive the patterns and didn't care so much about the earth. The Hecatonchires, all they cared about was the earth, and they would just pound it into oblivion, making all the natural disasters known to man. But the Cyclopes could see up into the heavens. They mm. could see the patterns of the world and weren't quite as concerned with the material on the ground, right? Mm. Uh, that's I don't know exactly why... I went off on that tangent necessarily, other than to say that um, for a very long time, the concept of a third eye has been the idea of being able to perceive like heavenly or spiritual or like things that are patterns, the, the unseen world. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been ingrained for a very, very long time. So yeah, this third eye opens on the statue and basically all of your memories from what you just did, mm. little images from the last however long you've been exploring the village, like go in picture form, like like that's they weird. Transport yeah. like into the statue. Right? Now this is straight up um, Mass Effect <laughs> again. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> this is the Prothean the relay or what was it called? Anyways, so it's similar to that. So you you see this like hallucination, and you talk to somebody about it later on, and they're like, "What'd you say?" Because your your character doesn't really talk unless right. you're asking a question. Right. Uh, or you say that you saw hallucinations. Oh well, that's unusual. Nobody's <laughs> seen that before. And um, yeah, the idea being that you're. It's what is it? It's like save data or something. Yeah, it's like that? it's basically that's what it is. It's right? basically the concept is. I guess we should just explain it now. Um, <laughs> I, I, you won't wouldn't realize it quite at this point, but any time that you die in the game, mm. you, you come reset back. back to this exact point where yeah. you started the right game. at the campfire. But all of your memories of that period of time that you went unexplored are saved by that no mind. 
Yeah. So you can still remember, you remember. what happened. Yep. And you're stuck in this loop, essentially. They bring it up too later on because when you, um, if you die and you wake up there, you can go right to your ship and fly away. Yes. And somebody, the guy at the campfire, Slate he'll say, tell hey, you, "Hey, you need to go get the codes first. It's like yeah. I don't know how you're flying without the codes, but okay, <laughs> you know, like yep. he's he's that doesn't seem too concerned about it. But um, you keep that, you retain those memories. Mm-hmm. afterwards yeah and you can even tell him stuff from the future you can be like hey you know i i know what's gonna happen and slate will just be like oh interesting <laughs> <laughs> i figured something was going on about that and he just keeps roasting his marshmallows mm-hmm. you know he doesn't really care about it too much um but you bring this and every now and then you can ask a new question to yes. different people yes right or you can bring up a new topic now it's hard Based to, on it's hard what to you know have explored and yeah. figured out it's hard to know who you can and can't do that to. So you're going to be going back and re-talking to people a lot. Well, one tip that I've heard from other players is yeah. make sure to do this with the travelers for sure. Okay, so okay. when the you go to the different planets, planets and okay. you encounter them, make sure you go back and talk to them again okay. later in the game when you've explored and found out more stuff. Because there will be more options to discuss with them. Yeah. Good. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, so this... This encounter, this experience you have with the Nomai statue essentially begins this process, this loop that you can actually remember. Yeah. Nobody else does but right. you now. Yeah. Um, and so... It's like that notebook from Majora's Mask where you've got like what yes. time everyone's going to be where. Yes, yes, all yes. All the checklists. Yes, and I yeah. think you have a ship's log or something like that where a lot of this is recorded. Yeah, it's can, all digital, but there's like these yeah. squares, like nodal, nodal squares, and you can read all of that right. stuff. Very, very cool. So, And it's a good recap too. If you haven't played yes. the game in a while, you, you can just go back things. and read those because it basically compresses everything that you did in that previous gameplay into like a few specific points right. that the story wants you to reference. So, at this point, I just went to the ship, and I remember launching and seeing, oh, there's more on this planet than just this village. Maybe I should just stay here and keep exploring this planet. Yeah. And I was like, no, I want to go to space too bad. <laughs> so, At least go to the moon. Right. My yeah. first destination, I was going to work my way out from the inner solar system. So, I went to the twins oh, first. Oh, that. Okay. I was doing it from the planet. Working yeah. my way out from the hearth. Oh, yeah. You work your way out from the hearth being the sun, which is sort of a hearth. Yeah, I, I went out <laughs> from, from Timber hearth. hearth to towards the sun to uh, Twins, and I was going to work my way backwards okay. to all of the different planets and explore nice. them in that way. We're not doing that now, but that was my thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I mostly explored that, but since you haven't been there, I won't talk about what I saw there. You did... Thank you. Um, Brittle Hollow. Brittle Hollow. Which I visited once briefly. Okay, okay. Um, Were you thoroughly confused? (laughs) Again, I'll just hold off on that till next time. Okay. We'll we'll just say people go explore explore those two places. Because I've been to a few other places as well. I I can't remember the specifics about them. But at the very least, uh, the moon... Um, was a fun little place. Uh, there's the guys just kind of whistling. Yeah, the guy, the whistler yeah. travelers there. And it's so funny because he's sitting in his rocking chair just whistling, but he's on a planet, right? He's on mm. the moon, but it just has that feeling of the home on the range kind of guy just kind of sitting on his front porch with a shotgun on his lap, just whistling, looking around. Because he even brings up like, oh, you know, I don't see travelers much anymore kind of thing. Yes, people and, kind of forget about him there. Yeah. Yeah. But that's almost just like the guy who lives out on the range, you yes. know? He's like, he just doesn't see people much anymore. It used to be that the people so-and-so would come by and he'll tell you all these stories 
but it's That's like actually he's really been there point. for a long time. It's kind of like an outpost. Yes, exactly. But it's like a forgotten outpost. Yes, a forgotten like a, outpost. Like a Wild West outpost kind of thing. Yeah, Where it's like good, This was yeah. a watering hole that people there used to you be go. really busy. They'd bring their horses in and they'd, you yeah. know, get a drink. And, and But like people don't do that anymore. Now they've got cars. Yes. So they just drive past me and they, so they, our town's forgotten now. But yeah. this is like the space version of that where they- The space they, version. They used to bring, they, they would come from Hearth up here to the moon, refuel, repair their That's ships, right, yeah. and then go out and explore. But now the technology's grown so much that it's almost no one really needs to do that anymore. Right, you just go to the hearth and then leave. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to go to the moon. And so he, he's kind of just lonely, a lonely guy yeah, up there. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him. <laughs> and he, he doesn't really talk to people much, and he's always, oh, well, don't go yet. Like, yeah. anything else you want to ask him about? <laughs> um, okay, so this is the last thing I want to do and then wrap it up. What was your first death? Oh, um, oh gosh, that's a good question. I know I, the one that stands out the most to me was the most shocking mm. was, was when the sun does the thing. Yes. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the sun, uh, it, it, there's a 24 minute cycle, I believe. Okay. Okay. And at the, every 24 minutes when you, from when you start 24 minutes yes. later, the sun will go supernova. It will. And you can actually see it very quickly progressing yes. through the stages of yes. the red giant and yes. as it gets kind of dimmer and, and bigger and red. And then all of a sudden it gets brighter and it starts to pulse a little and boom, it blows yeah. up. Um, you can see that all happening. Very cool. Yes. Uh, it would never happen this fast. But that, <laughs> once again, they compressed everything they compressed down. It, and I, yeah. have no, I have no qual- qualms with the way they did it. That's yeah. funny. So I just said do the thing. That's the reference to the dude from Legend of Korra, right? Oh, yeah. Well... The guy who did the music for this game did the music for Legend of Korra. Oh, Cora. really? We forgot to go over the I musician. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great, he's by the way. Very the soundtrack's good. fantastic. It's wonderful. It, 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 it stimulates that feeling of, of exploration mm. that I want, you know? But he did, uh, that was his first big project he worked on was Legend of Korra. And then after that, he did the music for Disney's Epcot and a few other things. I can't really remember. Um, here, I can look him back up again. His name is Andrew Pralo. Yeah, and he did music for the Force, Star Wars The Force Awakens and The Martian. So he, it oh, seems dude, like he's he, got he, yeah, that he's kind beast, of dude. outer space kind of feel yeah, to him, right? He's a beast. I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize they had gotten someone that prominent to do the music for the game. That's yeah. incredible. Well, I guess... Well, uh, he didn't do all the name? music for The Masi Force Awakens. would have known. Yeah, Masioka. He would have had connections From the film in the industry. industry. Yeah. Exactly. Espe- and especially from Star Wars, yeah, right? I mean, he sure. worked for ILM. Yeah. Um, now, he I'm, I'm, he didn't do all the music for The Force Awakens, but he co-wrote some stuff. Some or he stuff, did yeah. some of his work, this says, some of his work is featured in... Oh, shoot, I see it now. He wrote the song for the trailer for The Force Awakens. Oh, the trailer. Oh, that was a good that And was a good The Martian. Piece, it was, was really good. good. I remember it. I remember yeah. it specifically. Yeah. Um, and then he did uh, Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness. <laughs> my, kid, my kids love Kung Fu Panda now, by the way. But yeah, so he's doing, he did the music for Outer Wilds, and it's absolutely wonderful. And I can't, oh yeah, just because Do the Thing, Do the Thing Julie is from Legend of Korra. So, yeah. yeah. Fun. So it took me a while to actually get to the point where I saw the supernova. Yeah. I, I must have been really, really close because I've been playing for something close to 20-ish minutes on okay. my first death. But I died inside of the caves, ah. um, which well, I won't I, talk about yet. I've, okay, I've, yeah. I have died outside of the whole supernova thing yeah. several times as well. So I just can't remember which one came it's first. It's not <laughs> just the supernova, but it makes sense, I think. Because it will have gone supernova shortly after you died, anyways. And anytime right. it, it goes supernova, it resets this 
24 minute time loop. Yeah. And that's kind of the big mystery that you then go out and try to solve. Like what's, yeah. why am I stuck in this time loop? Right. And every time the, the, the sun goes supernova, I go back and have to like do, and just relive this 24 minutes over and over and over again. What's going on with that? It's tied to this Nomai civilization and they've yeah. left a bunch of records and messages and uh, former outposts and things like that. Te their technology is kind of scattered around. Um, and so you basically going around, you, you were given an instrument that you can use to translate their writings. Yeah, that's very cool. And that's how you kind of try to piece together yeah. what they did and how this is happening and how to stop it or whatever. That kind of yeah. becomes the central sort of in investigative uh, motivator of the game. And so that's what we're yeah. going to try to figure out now. <laughs> so what what did you know that that was a supernova? Cuz did you know about this game before playing? No. No. Okay. I didn't know that. What at did all. you think was happening when that happened? Uh all of a sudden the sun I didn't even know it was the sun cuz I lost my sense of direction. All of a sudden this massively bright orb was like <laughs> you know coming right towards me. You didn't actually see it. And I'm like I didn't implode, know. I didn't yeah. see the sun itself. I just saw like whoa, a light thing happened. Whoa. And then it was like I'm dead. Yeah. Start over the game. I see all the memories happen, and I recognize. The first time, I didn't recognize that it was my playthrough. Um, the second time, I recognized, oh, this is exactly what I just did, yes, right? right. And then, I can't remember if it's that, that time or I had to learn an, a, another thing other, but then you go back and talk to Slate, and you can say, by the way, this our son's going to supernova, Yeah. right? And Slate's just like, oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, somebody <laughs> was saying that might happen. Oh, well, you know, nothing yeah. to do about it. Um but that w until that line showed up, I didn't know it was a supernova. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that's what was happening. Yeah. I thought a new thing was. I thought like an alien or there was a new power. Oh, we got to find out what this new thing is. Uh, I didn't okay. realize what was happening. So here's how I figured it out, or how I saw it the first time, because I died in the caves the first time. And I think okay. the next time I died because I fell off of a cliff somewhere. Of so course, it took like three or four. <laughs> sort of cycles before I even knew about the supernova at all. Oh, dang. But I kept resetting. I was like, this is weird. Like, am I just resetting because it's like, oh, you died, so you start the game over again right. kind of thing? Yeah. But then in an event that I won't talk about till next time when we talk about Brutal Hollow, yeah. I found myself transported to a totally different part of the solar system. I think I know what you're talking about. And I didn't have my ship. And I'm just floating <laughs> yeah. out there in space, looking at the sun. I was like, wait a second. That's way more red than it was. Yeah. And it's way and bigger. It's, and it's way bigger. And then all of a sudden, this music starts playing. And it's like building up to something. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is So weird. you watched it the and whole I time? And I watched the whole time. I see the implode inside. Yep. And then, and then just boom. And I was like, oh, my. That's, that's where I was like, I love this game. Like, <laughs> nice. this, this is so sick. Like, you... This is so sick. And so every every time I hear that music come on, I try yeah. to go to some serene place. Like the second time I watched it, I went to the moon and sat next and to just the guy watched. in the rocker. When and just I figured it, it out, yeah. I did that same thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch <laughs> the sun. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. And that was time well spent. It was yeah. really fun. It's it's so cool. And so, yeah, like that's when I, when I realized, oh, this is a time loop. This is supposed yeah. to happen. And anytime you die, you get reset. 24 minutes back and then he kind of talks about that a little bit in the in the dialogue with Slate yeah being stuck in a time loop and stuff yeah I just it took me so, a while to figure that one out yeah the way the way they show the um 
supernova is so fun because like the and it's so funny because the, the star the way a supernova happens it's not so much just the star blows up right mm-hmm. it's like the star begins to like pulse and it compresses the material yes. until the material literally physically cannot compress anymore mm-hmm. and then when the pulsing happens it's like it bounces off of it because it's almost like a double bounce on right. a trampoline. Right. It's like a <laughs> it just boom, and then it goes out. And the way that they did it in this game was just so cool. It's it was so really fun. Cool. It's really cool. I could see physics nerds just like loving this game yeah. so, so, so much. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. Um, that I'll be, I was kind of hooked from the beginning, just flying the spaceship around and already. But like when I saw that and I kind of realized where it was going, I was like, okay. <laughs> this is actually a super dope mystery. And yeah, I have like, no idea where it's going to go. I really need to figure out like yeah. what's happening here. This is crazy. So I'm hooked. Have you played um, any game quite like this before? No, because I don't. I think played I have nothing either. like this in my life. Yeah. Um, so a- aside from you know other, I mean, elements of certain space sims. Sure. Yeah. But like, no, nothing quite done this way. Yeah. And um, it, it really has sort of sparked for me, at least the the drive to play less and less triple A games and more and more and more games of this style. I'm thinking the same thing. Like because there's (laughs) just there's just so much more risk taking, so much more inventiveness in the design. And uh, that this is more my speed. This is more kind of what I'm looking for creatively. Yeah. Um so uh, I, I mean we've got a lot of people on the on the Discord and on Patreon who have suggested a lot of cool games like that, like Soma um, there's some others that we actually put on the last vote. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be looking to do that a little bit more frequently. Maybe every other time okay, good. we do a vote. So we'll do like a big RPG or something yeah. for one that people are waiting for us to cover. Say Xenosaga or something like that. Well, there are a ton and of then, indie RPGs too, though. True. And, and honestly, those ones might be the ones I'm more interested in True. Playing. So in any case, um, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to go home right now and play more of this game. <laughs> and um but that that's really all I've got awesome, man. Awesome. for for this time. So for next time play uh explore as much as you can ex- uh, find out as much as you can about Brittle Hollow and the twins. The twins, the twins and of Ash. You may not find everything. Um that's okay. This can kind of be like a when we were kids growing up, you'd go to the playground and your friend did something in the game they tell you about and you didn't know. Like, yeah, wait, how'd yeah. you do that? What? Yeah. And then you're like, "Well, but I you know, I did this." And like, "Wait, how'd you find that?" I think it's going to be kind of that sort of experience. So unless you're just totally don't want anything spoiled for you at all, um, just literally play the whole game and it, do everything. It should, uh, now, yeah. I had heard it wasn't that long of a game. I've played it for a while, and I don't know where it's going. It might be longer than I think. Than I think. It completely depends on how you go about exploring it. I mean, okay. it could take as long or as little. I mean, yeah. kind of like with this Breath of the too Wild. Fun to explore. If you know exactly what you're doing, you could go yeah. fight Ganon right from the beginning That's of the true. Game, it's hard right? to measure games like this, yeah. So you could just go beat it and right away, probably. But uh, you won't know how to do that without going and exploring yeah. it. So depending on how long it takes you, how much time you take, how much reading you do, how long it takes you to put the pieces together, it could probably be something like a 30, 40 hour experience or maybe something like a 15 hour experience, oh, kind of depending on how you approach it. So, um, well. Mick saying it was 30 hours. Goodness. 30 hours for him. And then I, I heard someone else. I had just well, heard, like yeah. How long to beat? Says it was like six. Yeah. Six hours. And, and <laughs> I'm I, thinking it's going to be way longer than that. It, so it's in between there somewhere. Okay. So. All right, cool. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, looking forward to seeing how you guys like the game. Yeah. Talk to you then. Peace out.